Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brous here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, so my, my brother and I uh, have been having this, this recurring argument over the last five years or so, and he always wins. And uh, the basic question that's always being debated is, are we doomed? <laughs> and my brother inevitably takes up the position that we are, in fact, doomed. He doesn't, he doesn't use the, the word doomed, um, but uh, for Rosh Hashanah, we'll say doomed. Um, and I always argue back, I feel compelled to argue back, no, we'll be fine. Things will get better. He points to the disastrous political leadership in this country and the way that extreme wealth controls the political system, so even good leadership can barely function anyway. He's, he points to how our, our social discourse and media mechanisms have come undone, blaring into our ears and eyes all the time, but not really offering any communication, making cultural divides worse. He points to the rise of fascism and ethno-nationalism around the world and the way that it leads to this senseless, brutal violence that crushes the most vulnerable everywhere in a way that just forces us to question our humanity. It's true, I say, but, but don't you believe in human progress? It sometimes takes centuries. We, we learn our lessons slowly, sure, but we do get better. We figure out how to live better. That's, that's my recurring position. There is a lot of violence in the world today, I'll, I'll admit, but it's, it's actually statistically a much safer world than it once was. You know, I, I, I trot out some, some weak little argument for how things will get better, human progress, societies evolving over time. Look, look how, much, how much progress, undeniable scientific and social progress has occurred over just the last 50 years not to mention the last 500 years. So just give us another 500 years and we'll fix everything. And then my brother brings down the hammer. 500 years? 500 years? We don't have 500 years. And that is the real reason why we are totally and completely doomed. The environment, we're ruining the earth. We have ruined it. It's basically irreversible damage unless we completely reverse course right now, which we will never, ever do. So we are doomed. It sucks. Well, that's kind of true, I say. It does suck. And my brother wins the argument again. So what am I, what am I doing here? Why, why do I keep coming back when I, when I know how this goes? And why does it matter to me so much? What am I trying to do? Convince my brother of the coming redemption of humanity? Like some holy roller? Some hyper optimist? Exactly what you would expect the annoying rabbi in the family to do. No. No. I think you know. I'm not trying to convince my brother. I'm trying to convince myself. Because... The truth is, I feel a tremendous amount of anxiety about all of those things. What the hell is going on in our world? Why do the worst people seem to be in charge? 
Why do I stare at my phone all day long when it brings me no joy? Why are people so cruel to one another? Are we going to be okay? This whole human thing, are we going to be okay? And I'm anxious, and I'm afraid a lot of the time. And you know, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be afraid. And it occurs to me that what I want, I think, what I'm looking for, is faith. And it occurs to me, somewhere here midway through life's journey, that I, I really don't have any. Here I am, this, this religious guy, devoted my life to it, and I feel like I don't have any faith. I'm not talking about God. I believe in God. I do. But, but what I want to believe in is that everything's going to be okay, that we're going to be okay. And so I, I think I need faith. And I think a lot of us are looking for faith this year. Maybe lost a little faith over the last year, the last few years. Or maybe never had any to begin with. But what is faith exactly? It feels very easy to use in a sentence. I, I have faith. And it seems to be pointing towards some orientation, some feeling that I, that I want to experience. But it's like I know I want it, but what is it? And so I've been thinking a lot as I prepare for the new year. What does the Jewish tradition have to say about faith? Where can we go looking for answers? Well, we are in luck, folks, because today, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, is the day we read the hallmark story of Jewish faith, the binding of Isaac. God asks of Abraham the unthinkable sacrifice, your son, your only son, whom you love, and Abraham just does it. Doesn't question, doesn't hesitate. He just did what God said because he had such incredible faith. This is the way the story has been remembered and celebrated as a testament to faith. Kierkegaard called Abraham the knight of faith, precisely because Abraham was willing to do the unthinkable, to take a leap into the unknown, to do whatever God asked without questioning and to believe it would be okay because Abraham had faith in God. Except that it never says that in the story, that Abraham had faith. The, the word emunah in Hebrew, it's, it's never mentioned. And that's kind of strange because in the story, Abraham is stopped from killing his son by this angel of God. And then the angel explicitly praises Abraham for what he was willing to do. And basically announcing to us exactly what was so great about it. But the angel doesn't say, wow, Abraham, you had such incredible faith. What the angel says is, now I know, atayadati, that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Fear God. Not believe in, not trust, fear. I went over it and over it, and I, I'm here to tell you, the binding of Isaac is not a story of faith. It's a story of fear. Now, that's not to dismiss it. Fear has an important place in Jewish theology, but that's not what I'm in search of today. Today, I'm searching for faith. But now, here's the astonishing thing. If we go searching for faith in the Torah, looking for that word, emunah, where, where is it? Where is it first used? 
It turns out that the night of faith, the first person the Torah actually describes as having faith, is Abraham. But it's a different story. It's not the binding of Isaac here in chapter 22. The story of Abraham's faith, the story that sets the paradigm for faith in our tradition, is a quieter moment back in chapter 15. Abraham is in his late 70s. He's been on this mission for a little while now, and, and it's been a rocky road. His wife was kidnapped, his family split apart, he fought a war, and, says the Torah, after all these difficult things, God appears to Avram in a vision and says, Altira, Avram, do not fear, Avram. I am your shield, and your reward will be very great. And what does Abraham say? Does he say, oh, I know, you're great, God. I trust you. I have faith. No. Abraham speaks up and says, my Lord God, mati tenli, what can you give me? Because I'm going to die childless. This isn't working. You told me my descendants would become this great nation, but I don't have any descendants. And my wife and I are past the age where we'll ever be able to have children, so it's not working. It was never going to work. You lied to me. And now I'm doomed. <laughs> and what have you got to say for yourself? This so far, is not a moment of faith, is it? Precisely the opposite. It's a, it's a moment of doubt, of anxiety. So what does God have to say? Well, it's not so much what God says next, but what God, God does. Vayotze oto And God took Avram outside, and God said, Habetna hashamayma. Look up. Please, God says, look up at the heavens. And Avram looked up and saw a sky full of stars. And God says, now count the stars if you can count them. And of course, Abraham can't. And then God says, ko yezarecha. That's what your offspring will be like. And then comes the line we've been looking for. Vehemin ba'ashem. And Abraham had faith in God. Here it is. Here's the moment that defines Abraham's faith. The first great moment of faith in our tradition. And it comes not as an unflinching response to God's command, not as a bold declaration of belief in the one true God, but as the description of the feeling that came over him when he looked up at the nighttime sky. And I think... I think I know that feeling. I think many of us have looked up at the stars. Maybe we had to get out of LA to, to do it, to look up at a really black sky, like a curtain punctured with all these glimmering lights. And we suddenly felt struck by something, something beyond beauty, overwhelmed by the vastness of it all. There are too many to count. God was right, there's, there's too many to count. And it all just seems so perfect in the quiet of the night. All this glory just laid out in front of us as if it were there on display just for us to view. Maybe if we're, we're really lucky, we catch a shooting star, and then it's just too much. It's too wonderful. 
And for a moment, we feel like all is well. All is exactly as it should be. And that's how Abraham felt that night. He had faith in God, and then the, the next phrase, which is notoriously difficult to translate, but here I would render, and it seemed right to him. Abraham had faith, and all seemed right in the world. These are the moments of faith. And if we're lucky, maybe we've had some of them along the way. Maybe you too were stargazing. Or maybe you were gazing out at the ocean or, or walking through these majestic forests that we have. Or hearing that perfect song or seeing that painting that captured something. Or looking into the eyes of someone you love. And you were suddenly overcome and your chest became full and your eyes welled up with tears, but good tears. Because you were filled with the joy of feeling the universe to be a fundamentally good and beautiful place. And you a part of it all. These are fundamental human experiences. They're also the, the kind, kinds of experiences that religion emerges from. Vincent van Gogh once wrote to his brother Theo, when I have a terrible need of, shall I say the word, religion, then I go out and paint the stars. <laughs> the stars again. And van Gogh knew something about painting stars, didn't he? I've seen his famous painting of the starry night, and it's remarkable. And, and it makes me think that he saw the same kind of sky that Abraham saw that night. And that the religious feeling that it gave him was the one that Abraham had that night. And the name for that feeling is faith. And our whole religion is, a, in a sense, founded on that magnificent moment of faith that Abraham had looking up at the heavens. And then, Abraham looked back down again. His eyes came back down to earth, rested on the, the plain of a lonely desert in a war-torn world. He looked down at his old, gnarled hands, and he remembered who he was and what his mission was and how impossible it was. And the echo of God's promise was still in his ears. Ko so shall your offspring be. For I am the God who brought you out of Ur, caused him to give you this land to inherit it. And do you know what Abraham's next words were after his great moment of faith? My Lord God, the Maida Kiarshena, but how will I know that I will inherit it? How will I know? I still don't get it. It still looks impossible to me. I'm still afraid. He was still afraid. Abraham had just had the most transcendent experience of faith in his life, and maybe the Torah wants to suggest the most transcendent moment of faith that any human being ever had. And then the moment passed. He was back on earth, and he was back in doubt. None of the questions had been resolved. The world still looked the same, and his life was just as hard, and his future was just as uncertain, and he was afraid and frustrated and anxious, just like me, just like a lot of us. I wonder what God was thinking in that moment. That didn't work. 
You know, I showed him the pinnacle of my creation, and I, God, told him everything was going to be okay, and I saw the wonder come over him, and I saw that he had faith in me. And then, just as soon as faith came, it was gone. And this is the guy. This is the one I chose to build a nation around, to introduce me to the world, to help me build a more just society. If this guy can't maintain faith for more than a minute... What hope does the rest of the world have? I wonder if God began to despair of these human beings. I wonder if God lost a bit of faith too in that moment. And then God tries something different. God asks Avram to gather things together to prepare a little ceremony, a ritual with fire and offerings. And the sun sets. And with the fire still burning between them, God introduces a concept that Abraham has not heard before. On that day, God forged a covenant with Abraham. A covenant, a brit. That's going to be a big word for our people, the covenant. We will enter into a covenant with God on Mount Sinai. Every one of our children will be born into the covenant, and everyone who chooses to join our people will enter into the covenant. Ritoshal Avram Avinu, the covenant of our father Abraham. So what is a covenant? Well, simply put, it's a promise, or more like an exchange of promises, an agreement between two parties who are committing to trust each other and to each do something for the other. And what are the terms of this covenant? Well, they'll be made up of this entire Torah, eventually, with all of its 613 laws. Our entire religion, all of our rituals and obligations, our festivals and ceremonies, all the laws which structure our society will all become a part of the covenant that we inherit. What we're doing here today, the holiday, the shofar, the tshuva itself, it's all part of the covenant. But in these earliest formulations, the covenant God articulates is much more basic. Walk before me with a pure heart. Do righteousness and justice. The circumcision, the bris itself, is a sign of the covenant. And on the other end of the covenant, what is God promising to do? On God's end, it's, it's always the same. It's a reassurance over the very thing Abraham is so worried about. You will become a father. You'll be the father of a multitude of nations, Av Hamon Goyim. And your descendants will inherit this covenant from you, and they will survive all of their trials, and they will make it into the land that I have promised you, and all will be well in the end. So there it is, the introduction to the covenant. It, it began here. But why here? Why now? Abraham receives the covenant in this moment because this was the moment after he had found faith in God. He felt it completely. It was in him. All of his doubts and anxieties were gone. But faith itself is not enough. Because faith is fleeting. It's hard to maintain. In those rare moments when we find it, everything is clear and we want to hold on to it forever, to live in a state of constant faith. But who among us can? Not me. Not even Abraham. 
the Maharal of Prague, one of the greatest philosophers in Jewish history, writes a series of essays on faith in his Nitivot uh, Olam. And you want to know the first thing that he says about faith? He says, faith is hard. Faith is rare. And faith is so easy to lose. And how do we know that, he says? Because Abraham, who was Rosh HaEmunim, the first of the faithful, lost his faith when he asked God, Bamaida, how will I know? And Moses, he adds, the greatest of all the prophets who spoke to God face to face, Moses lost his faith when he struck the rock. And so it seems everyone loses their faith. Faith is hard to hold on to. And that is why we have a covenant. The covenant is there as a container to hold those moments of faith, to remind us that we've had them, to remind us of that starry night, and to give us some way to live out our faith, to commit to it, even after the moment has passed. We do need those moments of faith. We have to seek them and cherish them, cultivate them. But when we lose our faith, when we fall, sometimes so quickly back into doubt, and if we're anything like our ancestors, we surely will, then we have the covenant. We have this container, this reminder, this promise that we've inherited. Because once upon a time, our father Abraham had a moment when he saw into the heart of the universe. And for an instant, he knew that all would turn out well and that we would be okay. And God asked Abraham, even at the, as that moment was passing, to make a pledge to live as if that were true and to do our part to make sure it would be. So we try to keep our commitments to walk through the world with pure hearts, to do righteousness and justice, to follow this Torah as best we can and to pass it on to those who come after us. And we try to trust that God will keep God's promises to us, to care for us, to save us from destruction and to deliver us at the end of our perilous journey through history safely home. And how do we know that we will make it, that humanity will one day be redeemed? But my da, we don't know. These are things we cannot know for sure. I will very probably keep fighting with my brother about it and very probably keep losing. But my best argument, the best reason to trust in the world, to trust that the promise has been kept, is simply that we've made it this far. How will I know, Abraham asked, that my children will inherit me? He had no reason to believe that they would, these children who didn't even exist. And yet, here we are. Avram Avinu, our father Abraham, here we are. We are your descendants, and we're here, still keeping this covenant we inherited from you. It's been a long, hard road, and it has seemed impossible again and again that we would make it. But here we are, Abraham's children spread out across the world like stars in the nighttime sky. May we continue to shine on, bringing some light into the darkness for yet another year. Shana Tova. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik. 
actor, neuroscientist, Ikar member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? Please consider donating to Ikar so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ikar-la.org and give today.